0: That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back
1: of the net! All right.
0: What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry
2: Henry! Miller, lovely cushion header But
1: oh, you're beautiful! What a head!
0: What a hit! The Ghost Goal Podcast.
1: Magic of the FA Cup triumphed once again as Arsenal and Chelsea claimed unexpected wins to set up another London Cup final in two weeks' time. Meanwhile, across town at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Spurs pulled off a classic counter-attacking Jose Mourinho special as they dashed Leicester's Champions League hopes with a 3-0 drubbing of the Foxes. And finally, uh, on this episode of the Ghost Call Podcast, we'll look ahead to a few of this week's penultimate round of games as Manchester United look to bounce back against West Ham Desperate Aston Villa hosts surging Arsenal and Chelsea-Liverpool meet for a clinch Ghost Goal Bowl encounter on Wednesday evening. I'm Alex, here with Javier, another episode of the Ghost Goal Podcast. We're going to talk to Andrew right at the end of the pod about that uh, Chelsea-Liverpool uh, match on Wednesday afternoon. But Javier, how you doing, man? Doing really well. Finally... Uh...
2: Gotta say it. I think are, are Arsenal back? I don't think they're back. But we got a couple of nice wins. So
1: Arsenal may, be, may back. be
2: back. We might be back.
1: Because if they're not back, they'll drop points to Aston Villa right. this week, which right. we'll talk about Very in a minute. Possible. But the classic Arsenal thing is to make you think, is to just lull you in with a two wins against the two league's two best teams in the same week, and then just drop points to one of probably, the worst teams. Probably so Europe's two know. best
2: teams, like up there in the top five. Definitely Liverpool and huh? City, yeah. so yeah. certainly
1: pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty good for sure. Wins. Yeah, let's start with Arsenal. Do you want to just talk about the week as a whole, or sure, just sure. focus I on mean, this Manchester City the, game? The, what do you want to do?
2: You've got your little stat here. You want you want to say this stat? You, 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 you? Well, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, let's. Go the uh, game. I'll run through the yeah, two results. Go ahead, Alex. Well,
1: the two results were last Wednesday. Arsenal hosted Liverpool, uh, went down one nil to a Sadio Mane goal, or was it Firmino? I can't remember. It was Mane. Yeah. Was it? Mane, yeah, uh, and then behind two mistakes from uh, one from Virgil Van Dijk and one from Allison uh, passing it directly to Alex Lacazette or was it Reese Nelson uh, for the second goal? Uh, Arsenal end up getting two to go ahead just before halftime and hold on uh, for the win against Liverpool, and followed that up with another very convincing defensive Martinez display God. against Manchester City in the FA Cup semi-final, uh, beating them 2-0 behind two Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang goals. So, um, I-, I just want to get in real quick before you launch on your rant. I think this is obviously a very small sample size, but I, could, I think you can see some real, uh, some real development uh, over these two games where the first game, yeah, maybe they're a bit lucky to get the win and, and they took advantage of the two mistakes, but there was no luck really needed against Man City. You guys were just as good defensively in that game and you made your own luck with great passing moves out from the back, lulling them into a like, false sense of security and then pouncing on them. So there's, there's actual development to point to for Arsenal against two very good opponents that... I think you have to feel really good if you're an Arsenal fan right now. As good as you felt at any point during the season, for sure. Yeah, I mean... Um, Do you like that, Javier? Yeah, no, that guys. Was good, Alex. Yeah. Uh, you thought I was going to shit on you? I'm not, I'm not going to no, no, no. bring it up just yet, but you know. Well, okay, so good, first good of all, this is
2: our this was our first win against Manchester City since we beat them in the FA Cup semifinal in 2017. They'd won seven straight meetings against us, so it had been a while since we'd gotten a win over them. Um, and that win back then wasn't nearly as convincing as this one. They had one shot on target the whole game, and David Luiz probably had his best performance in an Arsenal shirt. I mean, a lot of players had just amazing. Almost everyone on the pitch was excellent. You know, even uh, Ainsley Mayton, Niles playing at left wing back, which a position he'd never played for us before. Um, even that, even he played quite well. And yeah, I don't know. the The whole team clicked. The whole the, you could see that the team spirits there and. That Liverpool result gave us the belief that we could go and, and beat Manchester City and, and then we did it. And I'm not gonna say Arsenal are back just because um you know, we could like you said, we could go ahead and drop points against Villa right now and um we still have to go get the job done against you guys in, in two weeks here, um, in order to really make the that win worth it. Um, because if we go and lose against Chelsea in the final, then you know what's the point of of beating a team like Manchester City. Um, but I thought, like you said, our defensive performance—I I, I want to say that's the best defensive performance that I've seen Arsenal put up in years. I mean, I don't remember the last time that we've had that. Well,
1: they haven't been known for their defensive performances no, and, for and, at least twenty years. And, I mean, we
2: both against Liverpool and against Manchester City. We had a we were in a low block in both of those games, and we haven't really been. Able to do that every game. I feel like that we've played against these teams, we've always not gone into a low block and you know tried to play good attacking football and just gotten destroyed. You know, usually three zero or four one or something like that. And yeah, I was just so impressed with um, Xhaka and Ceballos in the midfield. I thought they were both super super disciplined. Um, you never saw them, you know, sprinting up the field, you know, trying to get into the opposition's box when they shouldn't be. They got forward when the the team moved the ball up the field and. Uh, we we didn't really play much hoofball, which, I mean, I was at times very scared when we were passing out the back because of how many mistakes we've made. But I mean, Mustafi and David Louise were pretty much impeccable. Um,
1: but when you see the payoff for the first goal, does that it just does that make it, it does, all worth it? It does because, because that, it, that was, beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, it, that, that was our that, goal. That of the I think season. was the biggest statement of Absolutely. the weekend. Absolutely,
2: it was our goal of the season. But honestly, both of those two goals were some of our best goals we've scored this year, and. Um, I think 10, 10 out of 11 players were involved in that uh, first goal,
1: and it was... Right, so that it's so much more special because the other one is just a route one, well-placed ball in in the channel by Tierney to get Aubameyang in behind. That's We've seen him do that a million times, but that second goal the way you guys won the ball back and just very patiently passed it between uh, the back line for a good few seconds to try and uh, force City up because, thought, listen, you know, you guys don't have a reputation as a great build-up yeah, team, did that a few like times. you mentioned. So it, so it makes City think, alright, we're not just going to let Arsenal play this ball around the back behind us. Uh, but, you know, Arteta's obviously set that up on purpose and said, guys, we're going to sit deep, but that doesn't mean we're just going to hoof it out when we get it back. We're going to uh, set a trap for City make them come up to try and continue their pressure on us and then a few passes later we're in behind them and and uh, I think you have to give some credit to I don't I haven't heard enough credit given to Nico Pepe for that ball he, I mean everyone in the world knows he's going to cut it on his left and, and put that there or try and curl it into the top corner but he still is just one of those players who's just so good at getting into that position and getting in a good ball that doesn't matter what you do about it. I think it. that's and, now
2: uh, that was his 17th Goal slash assist um, this season, which you know that's yeah. not not a terrible contribution. To put that in context,
1: Christian Pulisic has 18 goals slash assists, nine goals and nine assists. So you know those are two players signed for clubs competing for the same, trying to compete for the same uh, goals and signed for kind of similar transfer fees. Pepe for a little bit more. So yeah, his season has not been that bad. He's just taken a while to acclimate himself. I think so. the
2: the biggest thing that I take away from these wins, more than being able to beat these two teams, which we haven't been able to do in a very long time, being able to beat Liverpool and City. I don't remember the last time we did that in the same season. Um, but it's just that the players, you can tell that they, after that Liverpool win and now after the City win, they're going to buy into Arteta's, you know, his message, what he's been touting. Um, And there's just been so much behind the scenes of players saying how amazing of a manager he is, um, how he's changed the culture. And I think these were the first couple of games that you really, really saw that. I mean, you could see flashes of it in previous games, but you never saw us carry it out for 90 minutes like we really did um, in the City game. And then, you know, sort of in the Liverpool game, there were times where, you know, we were a little, we had our backs against the wall. But I think it'll encourage players that want to come in for the summer. And I think a lot of players, even if we don't, um, get Europa League, which I'm, I'm, I think we will. I think we'll get it somehow. But even if we're not in Europe next year, I think players will still want to come to Arsenal because they see that this is going to be a club on the rise um, with a really good coach who um, I'm sure he's going to you know, take some players out and, and move the players that don't need to be there that aren't buying into his system and keep the players that are. I think you just see the improvements from players like Mustafi, like David Luiz. I mean, Kieran Tierney's been amazing since the since the the break. I think he's been our player, the best player we've had um, since the restart. And he, I, he he It was between him and Aubameyang for man of the match for me um, in the Manchester City game. But yeah, I just I, I think that the most important thing is that players are buying into the message that they're starting to play how he wants them to play, and and it's paying off. And um, I don't think Arsenal are back, but I think that we're we're like you said we're rising up and we're giving a message to other players who may want to come to the club and say look like if you come and work hard and and buy into the system then there's going to be success, and that's that's very hopeful for Arsenal fans because I feel like under Emery we never had like a structure we never had these you know really good defensive performance we had good offensive performances we scored goals but it seems like as soon as we had a couple of bad results everything just unraveled, um, and we've had a couple of bad results under Arteta. Like the three 0 against Manchester City, but we haven't completely unravelled. We've been able to come back, and we've been able to to still um, play well and get wins. And I think that's that's only a good sign of how good the manager is and how the players are, are getting behind them. So that's what I'm really happy about here.
1: Yeah, I mean, relative to how the rest of the season has gone, I think with all the time taken off during the the break, it's kind of easy to forget how terrible of a season it was shaping up this, to be. This was for Arsenal's you guys. worst season like in, worst in over twenty years. In your entire yeah, lifetime, absolutely. <laughs> An awful season. So you know, to now be you know just a few results away from getting you know retaining Europe when that looked like it was going to be almost impossible is and getting to a cup final and beating City. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great season for you guys. Uh, it's a, or a great second half of the season for you guys to uh, turn that around. Uh, but let's move on to the second semi-final. Uh, Manchester United and Chelsea played to a three-one uh, win to the Blues. One of Chelsea's better performances of the season. to so finally, shut up those uh, those Manx who kept chatting shit after they beat us three times earlier this season. All three times being exceedingly lucky to pull out uh, the wins in all three. But you know, uh, we finally got a little Alex bit of isn't, uh, vengeance Alex against isn't salty
2: them. About those at all.
1: It was just insulting to think that Manchester United fans could even dare to dream of getting away the, with the with the idea that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is of the same ilk as Frank Lampard as a manager. It's it's completely ridiculous. You know, let let this be a lesson to all of you that no one beats Frank Lampard four times in a row. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) no it was good it was good to get the win I think think now you got
2: um, a win against all the top six now right you beat you've beaten Liverpool you've beaten Chelsea you've beaten that that was the last team that you needed City
1: Liverpool uh, United Arsenal Tottenham but we didn't beat Sheffield we didn't beat Bournemouth and we didn't beat West Ham (laughs) so what does it all mean (laughs) Um, Yeah, this result, I think, was, to be fair, kind of affected by rotation concerns for for both teams and system changes for both teams. Man United resorted back to the three at the back that they'd uh, used against us in the the previous two or three games to get wins and went ultra defensive, rotating a few players like Martial and Pogba um, and keeping others like Fernandez and, uh, and Rashford and Maguire. But I think Frank Lampard unknowingly switched to a three at the back not in the, or he he switched to a three at the back or the 3-4-3 system that we've played in a lot of big games this season including Tottenham and Arsenal and um, uh, and Manchester City I, I think he, he switched to that three at the back assuming United would stay in their 4-2-3-1 with all of their starting players at least that was what I took from his press conference after the match he kind of said oh it worked out that we ended up matching up with them and When you match up with a team, when you're both playing 3-4-3, three, three, or you're both playing uh, three-at-the-back systems with heavy reliance on the wing backs, those wing areas become so much more key to win, and we had such an advantage there with Alonzo and Reese James to, to over, uh, who was it, Juan Bisaka on the right and, uh, and uh, Brandon Williams on the left. Wambasaka hey, looked, his legs looked like like concrete. He, he looked absolutely gassed. Maguire looked gassed and made mistake after mistake. I, I think there's a lot of heavy legs out there that United can, can kind of blame. But at the same time, Chelsea were set up perfectly to kind of just not play terribly and just have the right system and the right focus and intensity in the game to, to walk out kind of easy three, one winners. And it could have been more, it could have been like four nil. It could have been exactly like that first game at Old Trafford earlier this season. So I think uh, just happy they got the win and we get to another cup. Yeah.
2: I think, I mean, it was a really good performance from you guys. Um, I think I think what we learned from this a couple things. Um, first of all, that Olivier Giroud is is your best striker right now. Um, I think he's been consistently I, I scoring. I think we knew that. He's been consistently <laughs> scoring and um, actually scored on his first chance of the game here. He didn't play very well the first thirty minutes, but as soon as he got a chance, uh, he scored his goal. And then you could see for the for the whole second I, half, he was confident.
1: Do you mind if I just mention on that? I honestly think. Yeah, I think you mentioned that to me. That he that's just part of his game plan. He just wants to mix it up with whoever his center back matchup is. In this case, it was mostly Maguire. He just wants to get physical with them, put a body on them, make them think about him and try to uh, get other players involved first. And then once he's established that, then he starts making more consistent runs and you know it was a perfectly timed run for the first goal right at the end of the the first half so i thought i thought he's william the FA cup king he's the he fa is. cup he's king he's the
2: fa cup king i'm a little scared to face him in this final i know he's going to start against us again and um, i hope ngolo Conte isn't back for that game
1: um he should be back for liverpool so oof,
2: okay um, but i think yeah, i think you guys played really well like you said i think united were a bit tired um I didn't you say i don't know if you mentioned but they they played their game a couple days after Um,
1: Chelsea did yeah we had Norwich on Monday and they had Crystal Palace I want to say on either Wednesday or Thursday so So they had I think it was Wednesday so they had two fewer fewer days days of rest rest. Um, but at the same time Wednesday to Sunday I feel like that's enough
2: well, I mean, it's kind of hard when you're playing consistently two games every single, you know, like every three days you're playing a game. And to have those extra two days can be a big difference. And I think, like you said, I mean, they had to rest some key players. Um, they bring on Martial and Pogba in the second half and it didn't really improve them. Um, but I think, to, to be honest, for them, I know that they're focusing on these next two Premier League games. They want to get that Champions League, much more so than to win the FA Cup for them. I think it's much, much more important for them, um, especially with the way that Leicester's been slipping up and you know their loss again today. I'm sure they're going to be thinking, well, all we got to do is go out and beat this West Ham team, and then um, on the final day of the season to, to go beat Leicester, and they're going to be in the Champions League. So
1: The rea- reality is that that narrative would have been the same regardless. I mean, for, for either team, if either team had lost, if we had end up, ended up losing by some crazy situation, we would have been saying the exact same thing. We would have been like, all right, all that matters is, you know, getting results in these last two games and getting uh, the, the Champions League. The, the fact of the matter is it was possible for either team to do both. And I, I like to think as a Chelsea fan, that this is a good thing that we are you know able to rotate somewhat and we have the schedule to rotate a little bit and uh in those other premier league games and rest someone like Mason Mount arrest someone like Christian Pulisic for this Manchester United game and still get a result uh, and Mason Mount rests for that Norwich game we play badly he comes back in for the United game we play amazingly and he's like the the missing link to like energizing our team and energizing We haven't our press. mentioned how so, bad
2: De Gea was in those first two goals. They were, he was, the, the Giroud shot. I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It was kind of low, but it, it was pretty I mean, much straight at goal. him. The, the,
1: the mount, mount goal, goal was the awful. Worst. And I
2: mean, the, the timing of those two goals was just brutal, right? I mean, 45 minutes plus 11, like, what the hell are you doing, Mike Dean? Like, the game should have ended, like, a couple minutes earlier. And,
1: uh, well, no, the, uh, I know there was there I know there was a, almost I, I died. there was a really bad so, injury. Calm but, down. That's why it was eleven extra minutes in the first half, but,
2: and then for you guys to score immediately again at the start of the second half—that I'm sure that took the the wind out of their sails completely. And then even a the Maguire own goal, like it just it all of everything that could have gone bad for United went bad for them that game. And I mean, De Gea was awful. Um I, I don't know why they didn't start Romero, who I think he's been starting usually in first cup competitions, but I'm, I'm kind of laughing now at that, uh, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer
1: from... Trust th- your Argentine backups. Yeah, it's
2: that, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, interview from a few weeks ago when he was like, ah, I still think uh, David De Gea is the best keeper in uh, in the world. It's like, oh, you, you do.
1: That's uh, It's very interesting. Mason Mount's like, we'll see about that.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll, Save this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, our backup goalkeeper, speaking of, I didn't mention, but Emi Martinez, been a hero in Arsenal's two, for, since Leno's yeah, no, gone let's, out.
1: Let's mention it yeah. now. Argentine backups are the They're shit. they the shit. Let's you know, go. Emi Martinez at Arsenal, coming in for Leno after the injury, I'm, and playing lights out. I'm pretty sure he's out. going
2: to be playing for the, uh, for the national team now, after these performances. I think a lot of Argentines want him to, but sure. yeah, he doesn't have much competition.
1: I mean, there was... Paulo Gazaniga earlier this season coming in for Loris for a long stretch of games. I I mean, he didn't do that well, but you know, Spurs are still in the top half of the table, so they didn't implode that much. You got Romero, like you said, at United, and big big Willie Caballero at Chelsea. Hey, he played well. I
2: thought I thought he played well for having having.
1: (laughs) I honestly think he'll start
2: the final for having not uh, played in a few months and I know he came in for Kepa at one point um, for a few games and I thought he played well in that and you know it seems like Kepa won back his place but I think Kepa's been pretty bad for you guys since the since the restart and I wouldn't be surprised to see Carriero get a few more games as, you know to end the season I, I'm sure it's going to be an under- interesting choice for I, Frank
1: I think they'll I think they'll save him for the final I think they've just said to him, FA Cup games Leicester United Arsenal you're our guy and he hasn't really put a foot wrong next, or yet, I mean. All right, let's move on to the, the Premier League. Both uh, Chelsea and Manchester United got very good news earlier in the day on Sunday before their semifinal when uh, Tottenham beat Leicester City 3-0 at the Tottenham Stadium. The first goal I thought originally was a song goal, but it ended up being James Justin's uh, own goal, uh, followed by uh, two Harry Kane. Superb! Harry Kane finishes within three minutes of each other in the 37th and 40th minute. His, his demise uh, to was greatly, uh, to bed.
2: greatly exaggerated. Those were very nice goals, and I think he's not physically fit yet. You can tell that he's not back to like his full like Harry Kane bustling and rustling. But his finishing is it's still there. It's, it's never going away.
1: You're seeing you're seeing the glimpses of it yeah. now. His m- movement has started to look less clunky. It doesn't look labored when he runs around and like tries to run into channels now. So that definitely helps Tottenham a lot, but Leicester City in this game ended up having like 76% possession or some crazy number. They had a crazy amount of possession, which when you've watched both teams this season, it would make sense, but with all the injuries Leicester have, and let's be honest, like they're, they're a good passing side, but without a lot of their, their first team healthy and without James Madison there... I'm surprised like Rodgers didn't look to like try and balance it out a little bit more knowing what Mourinho was looking for, you know, not holding on to the ball for the vast majority of the game and allowing Tottenham to have those chances on the counterattack. Trying to sit back a little bit more and try to like do exactly the same thing to them and you know there was just some naivety there even with all the injuries from uh, for Brendan Rodgers side that I think I think at the end it's gonna it's gonna be the result that keeps them from uh, top four in Champions League. But you know they still have a small chance with this uh, game against Manchester United coming up next weekend. If they win that and. Results go badly in other places; they could they could get in that way, but it's it's going to make things very very difficult for them. So yeah, I was just I, I'm happy that Tottenham got the result and made things look better for Chelsea in terms of Champions League qualification. But at the same time, I'm kind of surprised, especially after it looked like Leicester kind of turned the corner against Sheffield last week. Did you get to watch any of this game? Or I did not. Were, I did not.
2: Um, but I was just going to say that um, I was busy today. I didn't get to watch any of the games. Um, but uh, I was gonna say that these last three wins—you um, know, beating Arsenal, beating uh, beating Arsenal at home, then winning away at Newcastle three-one, and then getting this 3 0 win—I think that Jose Mourinho, kind of like what Arteta wants to do. Um, I mean, these are both managers who came in in the middle of the season. Both teams were having absolutely disastrous seasons. Pochettino was—I mean, I think they were in like twelfth or something like that when he came in, and for them to be pushing. To get that sixth spot right now, and most likely will be the team that gets sixth place. You know, over Wolves possibly. I I think that's impressive, and you know we've criticized Mourinho a lot on this pod, and we've kind of made fun of him a lot. But I think um, results like this show that he has a system that he likes to play. Obviously, he he's not going to change his ways. And a lot of these players that are there maybe don't like that system or have been there for a long time and have gotten complacent. I think he's going to clean a lot of these players out. He's going to buy a bunch of players that he wants, and um, you know, make the changes that he needs to make. And I think we're gonna, we're going to see a different Tottenham next season. And I think results like this show that you know his system can still work. Um, it can still be, if if the players play it correctly and if everyone buys in, um, then. He has he has quality, you know human son is is one player of the player of the season for them this year You know Harry Kane wasn't he was injured for a lot of the year He wasn't at it for a lot of this year, but he still has something like seventeen or eighteen Premier League goals, like even, even yeah,
1: on, I think he still scored twenty yeah, plus in all competitions. Even on his
2: bad like, years, like even in his probably his Jesus. worst year for Tottenham in the last five years, he still scores over twenty goals in all competitions. So I think you gotta you gotta look at this Tottenham side and, and kinda take it with a grain of salt that they haven't had the best results. They had that nil nil against Bournemouth. But you know, results like this and, and winning these three games in a row. I'm sure they're going to probably win on the last day and, and finish the season strong with four straight wins. And you got to think that, um, you know, defensively, obviously they're not nearly as as good as Mourinho would want them to be. But I think just a lot of those players like Toby Alderweald, like Vertonghen, um, even Davidson Sanchez, um, they're just not performing to the level that they had been in the previous years. They've been there a long time. I'm sure he'll try to move a couple of those players on and, you know, just keep the ones that buy into his system. And, and I think Tottenham... I think Tottenham can can have a bright future still. I, I I'm not all, all out on them, you know, being doomed with, with Mourinho as their coach. I think I think results like this show that they can still they can still get good results and they can beat anyone on their day.
1: Do you want to take that back? Because I, listen, we when got, you sign Jose Mourinho, your ultimate goal is to win the league, and no one here is putting money on Spurs to win right, the league. That was, at any point under Jose you, you Mourinho. Gotta, you got
2: you got to be fair to him. You know what I mean? Like. He came in midway through the season, oh, yeah, and he's no, just, he just—he
1: kept their season from imploding. He turned yeah, it around from what started under Pochettino. I think
2: that's that's already enough to to buy him at least another year, and to see what he can do from with a full preseason, and, and to to see what he can do with some signings. So I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm let, not all out on Mourinho yet.
1: Let me just say that they started playing well, uh, post restart, pretty much the moment Champions League went out the window, which to me it's just like if i'm a tottenham fan i'm upset you know it, they're not winning the champions yeah, you,
2: league dude like
1: no i'm saying getting, oh, into, getting into champions, champions league.
2: league sure yeah they
1: were still the the question i mean they were at the lower end of the question uh, but I don't with know. 9 games yeah. to go you know it, it's just it, 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 for, it tells the story to me. Their form was pretty
2: good from like January to March. They played pretty well. Like with Mourinho coming in, they had a. They had a,
1: No, they had a ton of injuries, and they were doing terribly. They lost to us. They lost to. I'm
2: saying when he first came uh, in, they were unbeaten for the first like six or seven games.
1: Yeah, yeah, until they faced right. us. Yeah, nice. Um, um, let's look. Let's look at elsewhere around the league because uh, the second to last game week of the season has already kicked off. That Tottenham Leicester uh, game was part of that. Uh, of the start of this match week. Uh, earlier in the match week, some notable results. Uh, Bournemouth on uh, Sunday morning lost 2-0 at home to Southampton. Goals from Danny Ings and Che Adams. Uh,
2: Re- really so leaves them in a, a very
1: precarious yeah, position They have to right beat now, Everton and then kind of the hope game. that
2: the other results go their way. It's not in their hands anymore.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not. And elsewhere, Wolves beat Crystal Palace earlier today on Monday, uh, 2-0. Goals from Daniel Podence and uh, Johnny. Uh to keep them, I think, in pole position for Europa League, uh, they they can't qualify for Champions League via the top four anymore. But they can kind of mop up Europa League with think, this last I game think they against have Chelsea. To get a win and then
2: against Chelsea, if they if to secure it, obviously, um, they can't be caught if they get their win. But with a draw, I'm pretty sure Spurs will leap over them, and they'll finish in seventh. And um, if they finish in seventh then it's possible to get Europa League if Arsenal lose the FA Cup Final, but if Arsenal win the FA Cup Final, then whoever's in seventh place will not be getting Europa League.
1: But alternatively... Wolves will still have Europa League knockout rounds later in the summer to possibly even get into the Champions League. We don't know, so that's a, that's a long shot. But there's yes, a, there's a lot up in the air right now. I mean, it's not that long, a, a, that big of a long shot. These are crazy times. Crazy shit can happen. Arsenal got to an FA Cup final after beating Manchester City in sem- the semifinal. It's pretty crazy. It's crazy. Nobody thought crazy. That. <laughs> um, not even me let's look ahead uh to a few more games going on this week that are uh this midweek that are going to be huge in terms of their impact for the end of season uh results Watford to Manchester City I don't want to preview it too much because I think we all know how this is going to go it's going to be Tuesday uh, at 1 p.m uh Watford just sacked their manager Nigel Pearson with two games to go, go against Manchester City it's and Arsenal yeah <laughs> Those last, two, I mean, it was all off the back of that loss to West Ham on Friday, which like we didn't get to Liverpool uh, cover the results Pearson.
2: Like, You might as well have stuck with him these last couple of games, see if he keeps you up.
1: I mean, I, I, just, I just want to read these stats real quick, that before Michael Pearson and the 15 games leading up to that, they had 8 points minus 21 goal difference, and there were 7 points off safety. And since then, under Pearson, they're on... 21 games 26 points minus two goal difference and three points clear of the uh, of the drop uh, now admittedly the, the loss to West Ham was a really bad look they went down three nil they got one back but they didn't look like competing in that game and you know it meant just as much to West Ham as it did to Watford they were both in the same position. With two games to go, God, I hope Watford goes uh, down just above relegation. I hope they yeah, it would be kind of fitting now for that to happen. But let's go, know, that's, that, let's go Bournemouth. That requires Aston Villa or Bournemouth to get their shit together, which I don't see happening really either. So, um, yeah, it's one to keep an Villa eye could on. Could be West Ham on uh, the last Watford, day of the
2: season to to stay up. I could see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe, but they just haven't looked like it doing it. Maybe they've got a draw here and yeah, there. Maybe get they, a draw
2: against Arsenal and then uh, get a win against uh, West Ham. They could do it. They could do it.
1: I mean, I hope they do it. I'd much rather they stay up than Bournemouth or, or Watford. So I want Watford to go down um, so badly. Yeah. Watford uh, did bring up their U23 manager, who I think uh, was caretaker manager for a couple games between Sanchez Flores being fired and Pearson being hired. So they'll run with him for the last two games of the season. Uh, meanwhile, like you just mentioned, Aston Villa will go to Arsenal uh, Tuesday at 3.15 p.m. Uh, Arsenal, like you said, still kind of floating around that Europa League qualification Uh, hunt. uh, They've got teams around them and Tottenham and Wolves that you'd probably favor to stay in those positions. Uh, Maybe you guys could sneak ahead of Wolves if we beat Wolves. I don't know if you guys win these last two games. We have to win
2: the last two games Um, and then you guys would have to beat Wolves, yeah.
1: But I just want to mention that this Villa team is a very different prospect than what you guys have faced in the last two games. I actually want to bring up that stat from earlier in those Manchester City and Liverpool games, that you guys had seven shots for, 39 against, in those two games against City and Liverpool. You won 4-1 on aggregate, having only posted seven shots on target.
2: Yeah, but of those 39 <laughs> like, shots, you're only gonna, nine of them you're were gonna on target, have, Alex. What, Manchester City had I'm one shot on target.
1: It's, it's one thing... It's one question to answer when you have seven shots and you score four goals. It's another question to answer when you're playing against a desperate relegation oh, oh, side that is if, sitting if, deep. If, and yeah, yeah, if you're bringing that up, by the way. Um, all of a sudden, that three at the back, which is so predicated on sitting deep and countering, that's, that's, you're not going to have a chance to do that. You're very rarely going to have a chance to do that. With those two goals, Villa. the
2: bomb man gets him against Manchester City. He has now scored against the um, every top six team. And uh, in his year and a half that he's been at Arsenal, so I just want to just want to point that Congrats. out. Congrats! So, so, he does score in big games. So
1: hasn't it been two and a half years? Two and a half? I guess one year under Wenger, yeah. and
2: then one year, yeah, okay, two and a half years.
1: Half a year under Wenger, half a year a under, under Emery, yeah. and now okay, so another year. Years. But it took him. So it took him two and a half years to score against City. Oh, okay, good, good to yeah. know. Okay, yeah. Just want just he's wanted to he does score there. in big games sometimes. Just want to say that sometimes, yeah, when he feels like it, not when they need him to, when he feels like it. I'm just saying I'm not predicting a Villa win because I don't trust them to win even against West Ham, like I just said. All I'm saying is that if Arsenal are back, they'll be able to ha- handle the different sort of challenge that this is going to pose. It's going to be it's going to be a weird one, but Villa are pretty shit defensively, so you should be okay. Um, how how are you feeling about that one? Very confident of the win, or yeah, what?
2: I mean I'm I'm fairly certain we're going to win these last two games. I know that Villa and Watford are going to be. You know very desperate to win but just the way that we played in that manchester city game i know the players going to be full of confidence and um you know saka didn't even get on the pitch that game what you know one of our better players this this season and um i'm sure he'll be he'll be at it in this game and you know uh, in a game where we have a lot of possession um I don't know if we'll play the five at the back, um, but if we do, um, I think we'll be very, very secure defensively, and and we're going to...
1: You're kind of dependent on it now.
2: Yeah, I kind of like Like it. I kind of like how we've been
1: playing. You can't play David Luiz outside of the five at the back anymore. Yeah, you can play Rob Holding,
2: though. Rob Holding and Mustafi.
1: So, you think you guys wouldn't really miss anything if you sat David Luiz and played those two? Um, For this game,
2: no for this game, no, but okay. um, I think it'd be really interesting. I'd be interested to see that. Yeah, I mean, because Kieran Tierney's been playing left center back, and he's been an absolute monster there. Um, we've been missing that left-footed center back player. Um, I didn't realize how good he was in the air. He's been you know clearing a lot of aerial balls and, and making a lot of interceptions there as well. And, yeah, I, 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 I kind of see this maybe being like a close 2-1. I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout or yeah. anything. I don't think we're going to... Um, you know, wipe them off the park. It could happen. It could happen. But I think that would be that would be harsh on Villa, and I know they'll be fighting for their lives here. So
1: yeah, let's hit on the Manchester United West Ham game uh, that is coming up on Wednesday. That'll be at one p.m. before the Liverpool Chelsea game. Uh, I, I noticed a lot of Man United fans being very doom and gloom after that FA Cup result, which I want to advise them to not be because, like I just like I mentioned, it was kind of a confluence of perfect events for Chelsea to pull out a, like a decent performance and look better than we actually did. And it was kind of set up poorly for United to succeed. De Gea should have so, saved the first two you know, goals.
2: They shouldn't have been down 2-0 46 minutes into the game.
1: I, I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about their team as a whole and their team performance. I think, like I think, the De Gea errors have been happening consistently enough now that, you know, they're just part of what you come to expect from United now. I think the now.
2: biggest thing is that they haven't started a game well. Uh, I don't remember the last time... Actually, no. There was that one game a few games ago, I think, when they beat... Was it Bournemouth 4-0? Where they did
1: have a well, good no, first half. That, they went down. Okay. They went but down they, 1-0 yeah, to No, they just... They have, the first
2: 30 minutes of every game have just not been good for Manchester United. And I think they really need to start getting those first 30 minutes down. Um, and maybe that's not going to happen this season. But, yeah, I think that... And they, they still have Europa League to play after this. And I'm pretty sure they're going to make the Champions League. And... They after that, uh, I don't know how.
1: That's what I'm trying to say. The West Ham game is. I, it's so. I think so people are looking yeah. at West Ham's recent form and they're thinking, "Oh my God, West Ham are desperate, trying to stay away from relegation." This is the kind of game where West Ham have kind of not completely secured their safety, but they might as well have with that Watford win, and you know, coming around to facing they, Manchester pretty United much away. Their safety, yeah. I could see them just getting hammered in this game by United, and everyone being like, "Oh, well, we forgot West Ham are bad." I'm kind of expecting that. I really don't think there's much of a chance for uh, uh, the United drop points uh, again at home. Uh, you know, Southampton are a completely other kettle of fish when it comes to you know a good mid-table Premier League side that could go to United and get that point like uh, like they did a week or two ago. Um, but that leaves us finally with the Liverpool Chelsea match. I-, I talked about this with Andrew earlier today, so we'll save most of the chat for that. But. Overall, I'm pretty confident we can get a result. I'm not confident we can get a win, but I I, I don't think Chelsea are a side capable of going to anywhere in the world right now, any good team in the world, and playing for a draw. I think the whole our whole effort has to be to play for a win, and if we end up losing in the process, then so be it. Because if we try to sit deep defensively and you know do the park the bus thing i just don't think we have the defensive personnel right now to just keep doing that over and over again right after the the manchester united result this weekend like we we need to be uh, we need to be on the front foot in a 433 three, trying to press them and making it a high scoring game and just hope that they lose the the will and intensity to keep up with us because they've already got their season's already over the only thing they they have to be motivated for is for lifting a trophy at the end of the game so that's their whole motivation, I'm, and we're motivated to win and get Champions League wrapped up. We we secure Champions League with a win in this game. I think that's enough that like you could see a shock 2-1. Uh, yeah, I, th- maybe, maybe like a I think it'll be a draw. Win I could for see like
2: a 2-2 draw. Um, I'm sure they're still going to want to put on a good performance after they've had a, a couple a, a string of not-so-great performances. The only really, really good performance since the restart was the 4-0 result that basically secured them the league against Crystal Palace. But
1: I literally say, said that with anger uh, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "That was the last kick-ass Liverpool performance. Right. Like I we think, haven't seen I think one they'll since want
2: then." To have you know at least one or two good before you could see that they were not happy losing against Arsenal, um, and they were not happy um, getting drilled by Manchester City or drawing against Burnley. They were really, really unhappy drawing against Burnley. So I think they'll they'll want to to put things right and, and finish the season well. But um, and it seems like he keeps you know Klopp keeps putting out his best side. And he's not playing the kids. And I think he's going to put out his best side again here. So I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, I think there'll be there'll be a lot of goals, um, the way that Chelsea have been defending lately and the way that Kepa's been playing. I know that Salah and Mane are going to be taking a lot of pot shots. And I wouldn't be surprised if one or two go in. But I, I think it'll be a fun uh, maybe 2-2 or 3-2 Chelsea win. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be fun.
1: Okay. Well, that does it for a, a very eventful week in Premier League and FA Cup action. Uh, we're going to kick it out to me and Andrew talking a little bit more about this uh, Coast Gold Bowl game, since we haven't had Andrew on for a couple episodes now. Javier, thank you for coming on the pod and recording with me. Congratulations on Arsenal being back. No, uh, slightly, no slightly back. We're not reverse jinxed, back. No reverse drinks. I'm not, I'm not reversing reverse jinxing you at all. Arsenal are back. Stop it, Alex. Uh, and
2: Wait, we have to win our last three games of the season, and I'll be happy. Oh,
1: we yeah, get, we didn't we, even talk FA, cup final. FA cup final. We have to say that. we got to save that, yeah, save yeah. that for uh, next, next week. week. That'll be a good one. All right, guys, we're, we're going to throw it out to me asses. and Andrew now. Revenge. And I'm here now with Andrew to discuss a Ghost Goal Bowl. Coming up this midweek that has huge ramifications for one side and not as big ramifications for the other, except for their own honor. But uh, Andrew, welcome back. I think it's been a few. Uh, it's been a week or two since you've been on. It's good to have you yeah. back.
0: Scheduling is hard. Yeah, it's you, it's, you know it's we'll get there eventually. It's quarantine, but it's still like I still have so much to do. You know, like I still like work is weird. Scheduling is weird. Life sucks sometimes, but. I'm only down, Andrew, right now because we lost to fucking Arsenal. And I bet the over in that game. And what I had done was I had won money on that Leicester Arsenal draw a couple weeks ago at like plus 230. And I was just like, oh, like it's Liverpool Arsenal. The over's always hit in these games. And just
1: told my bookie to let it all ride. To be fair, it. It usually hits. I'm it pretty does. sure it's hit like six it's, the last six times or something. I'm making that Anfield, number up, but it's, it's I'm like confident. hit or
0: miss at the Emirates. So, so like, yeah, sure.
1: It depends uh, how bad Arsenal are in that season, and or like and it, how good they are at home. And that was the
0: worst part about that game was that there easily could have been three to four more goals in that game, but like everything was at the keeper. Credit to Arsenal for while that I'm saying this, defending well in that game. But, uh, yeah, and, and I'll say the defensive fuck-ups for Liverpool since we came back from quarantine have been re- pretty prevalent. Like, Andy Robertson's had a bad couple games. Van Dijk had a bad game against Arsenal. Allison has been monstrous in some games and let that let in a bad goal against Arsenal. So it's like, I understand that this club, you know, finally got the monkey off their back of, of winning the first title in 30, 30 years, but... This is a game that I had circled in this Chelsea game that it's like, you know, I I didn't really care that much about the points record. Yeah, it would have been cool, but I didn't care that much. But I didn't want to lose the unbeaten at Anfield record. And going into this Chelsea game, I definitely have a little bit of fear because, like, they're going to get the trophy. They're going to do the trophy celebration. Yeah, Jordan Henderson's not going to be on the field, but I definitely have some, like, you know going into that manchester city game vibes where it's like we were getting the first guard of honor and this team is just gonna like like and you know city ended up playing us off the park uh and the city game and the chelsea games this year have been you know have been pretty close so i'm definitely not like as confident as i should be because there's not as much to play for they can't break the record for points anymore but i mean here's the thing like if there if there's one team that I think in my tenure of being a Liverpool fan that has had the most success at Anfield, it's been Chelsea. So and they need this game much more than we do. So I, I really I don't know what exactly to expect going into this game. I still think I think, I hope Klopp starts Naby Keita because he's been excellent since the return of the break. I don't think you'll see Minamino start with Firmino having the full week off, but I think you can expect a, a you know a middle midfield three of Fabinho, Keita, and, and Wijnaldum, and then the typical front three of the regular back line. I don't think you're going to see any kids. I think Klopp's going to make try to make this as hard as possible for Chelsea. Because right. He we, knows... saw,
1: we saw in the Arsenal game, it was pretty much the first team squad plus Oxlade-Chamberlain. And he, yeah. he was only really in because Henderson is out for the rest of the season and because yeah. he's playing against Arsenal, his old club. So yeah. Um, that seeing you guys put out the strongest possible team for that game just – solidified in my mind. Like, oh, they've got the full week's rest. They're going to do the same thing next week at Anfield. They're mm-hmm. going to be lifting the trophy. I think that has a, a, a weird effect on the game. Uh, every time I've seen Chelsea, uh, or it feels like every time I've seen Chelsea perform under similar circumstances, they, they've always had trouble like keeping their focus and putting in like a full 90-minute performance. And there's always mistakes there. So that gives me hope for us. But you know, I can see both sides of the effect. Yeah, most importantly, like I, I haven't seen pretty much since the Crystal Palace home game for you guys uh, just before you clinked the title, like a full ninety minute. Like that was a kick ass Liverpool performance. I haven't seen yeah. that since then, which is understandable. And for a team that's been on as good of form for the last two seasons as Liverpool have been, sure they deserve a chance to take a breather and I guess enjoy it. But the results have been you know a little here and there during that time, which I'm I'm hoping Chelsea can take advantage of. Uh, we, we'll discuss the Arsenal side to that, that uh, <laughs> Liverpool-Arsenal game, as well as the Manchester City-Arsenal game with uh, Javier uh, earlier in the pod. Uh, but the Chelsea side of this Liverpool game, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated to see uh, how, how good Christian Pulisic can look with the full week's rest. We, we're gonna, we will have talked about the Chelsea-Man United win uh, or the Chelsea win over Manchester United in the FA Cup this weekend earlier, uh, but he sat out that whole game. Uh, I, I'm interested, interested to see not only that, but uh, whether Chelsea stick to this 3-4-3 where he, you can kind of use it as, like to surprise some teams like you did this weekend against Man United, but against Liverpool, like we're, I, I would argue we're probably better off switching back to a three in midfield. And, uh, and trying to replicate the win at Stanford Bridge in the FA Cup earlier this season as best we could. Because you guys played some kids in that game, but that was a pretty strong Liverpool team. And I don't think you can blame rotation for that loss. And uh, uh, the overall team performance that day gives me hope for uh, this week. At Enfield, the uh, with no crowd there, I, I think we can go and win. I, I wouldn't. I'm really not confident in predicting it, but I think we can go and do it, and we if can protect was, our home win, our home unbeaten streak record ourselves, and go ahead and beat a, you guys there.
0: If I was betting on this game, I'd probably look at the draw. Like I think in a score draw, like a one-one, a two-two. Like I think this game is going to have moments in it. Um, I don't know. Like, and here's the thing. Like the other, it, and the other thing too. Like even a, a Salah hat trick isn't really going to in terms of statistics like I don't think that's even going to really put him it's, it'll put him close to the golden boot but like Vardy's on on 18 goals and Salah's okay fine a hat trick would bring him up a goal behind Vardy going into the last game of the season but I don't know man like I,
1: I, no, I if don't... that's the motivation for or your or the mm-hmm. uh, I guess the reason you're giving for the, the team having a good chance then yeah, that's not going to do it like the whole yeah, Liverpool team is going to have to be playing a lot closer to how they were before they clinched the league title to beat us on Wednesday um and not having Henderson in midfield is a bigger
0: loss than people want to say it is. Like your average, yeah. you know, your 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 FIFA football, you know, your FIFA player would be like, "Oh, Kate Wijnaldum, Fabinho is the best midfield, and it should be." But you can't really like take for for granted the leadership capabilities that Henderson, you know, puts into that system when he's playing next to Wynaldum. So he's definitely been missed, and he'll still he's going to do what John Terry did in the Champions League and go full kit wanker and 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 lift the the. Premier League trophy. And I won't but,
1: criticize him for it. Yeah. Because you, like, who gives a shit?
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say, because I, I think it's going to come out before I get on the pod next, uh, you know, credit to me for being you know, a, a neutral uh, not neutral, but but putting my bias aside and say that Kevin De Bruyne should win player of the year on oh, is that, Friday. Is that
1: going to be confirmed?
0: It's, I, well, it's going to, I think it comes out on Friday. So it, okay. it, it, everything that I've read, is it says going to come down to, to Henderson and and Kevin De Bruyne and here's the thing like in terms of stats overall monstrous games where he dominated games it has to be Kevin what what Henderson has done for Liverpool this season has been magnificent and won't be forgotten but it's going to be forgotten by a lot of people outside of the Liverpool fan base what De Bruyne has done this year the last few years maybe not last year necessarily but what De Bruyne has done he deserves to win player of the year and I really can't like there's no Mohamed Salah goal record this year uh, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah have been equally good they've kind of like canceled each other out this year. Trent Alexander-Arnold fell off in terms of like the monstrous numbers he was putting up. I do want to you know recognize the fact that Trent has the second most assists in the league and he's a defender. That's pretty fucking awesome. But Kevin De Bruyne's been the best player of the year. It's not really up for a debate. He deserves the award, and I'm not going to be upset if I d- Liverpool I d- break their streak here.
1: I don't think you deserve that much credit for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a fairly obvious one. Kevin De Bruyne was player of the year this year. Like, Yeah. And, and yeah. good for him because the previous year City won the league, but he was missing for the vast majority of it. So kind of a bittersweet uh, season for him to come back and kind of replicate that that first season where City won the league under Pep and how good De Bruyne was, but not really any silverware to show for it. But um, I'm pretty sure this is his first uh, player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, unless he won it in Germany but I don't think he would have done it oh no he yeah he won it he won it in Germany I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure he won it in Germany but I mean uh, first player of the year in the Premier League but yeah let's uh, wrap things up there uh, the Chelsea Liverpool game I wouldn't even dare to to predict anything just because there's so many crazy factors at work here that could just send it either way um, in the, in either team's favor or uh, or the opposite so um, I, I'm going to be optimistic and say hopefully we win 2-1 like Arsenal do. Uh, let, let me just finish with this: you guys owe it to us. We clinched the league for you. You know, give us a win. You know, we'll be we'll be real rivals again next season once all of our signings come in and we're you know actually at more of an even playing ground. But you know, gift us the win now and let's you know let's let's get to rebuilding the Chelsea Liverpool rivalry as one of the best in the league.
0: Well, here's what's gonna happen: we have a two-two draw, and then Leicester's gonna beat Manchester United in the last game of the season. So it's not gonna nothing's gonna be a problem for you guys, anyways. How about that?
1: Ah, well, I mean, it depends how that West Ham goes. Uh, that West Ham game goes for United. Yeah, uh, I mean, they could win that, and we draw tomorrow, and lose to Wolves, and then Leicester and United are both in. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we we gotta win. We gotta aim to win both. Frank has framed it as. uh two cup finals and then a cup final yeah <laughs> when we play arsenal in the fa cup final so- I think
0: i think a champions league spot and an fa cup win is a pretty damn good season it's a damn good season for frank in his first uh, it's a great year season with no transfers and the amount of kids that he had to play and like you know the american christian pulisic becoming the best player in
1: london Sorry, have you heard of uh, Mateo Kovacic? She is currently the best player in London. <laughs> Sorry, no, N'Golo Kante. I've forgotten about N'Golo because he's been injured. How do you forget about N'Golo Kante? Because he's been injured. He's been injured for weeks. <laughs> and then Kovacic comes out and has a great performance in the FA Cup. So I am just yeah. I just thought of the the next best player in our squad this season. But let's, let's end there. <laughs> I'm already yeah. running over. Andrew, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll try to get you on again uh, soon uh, to celebrate whatever at the end of the season and the fa cup uh, final and you know we got we, we can't have you avoid javier for this yeah, long you know it's the first time they've beaten you guys you gotta you gotta face him sooner sooner rather than later yeah i'll be back
0: with andrew's transfer corner where i talk about all the players that we don't sign because i right. wish she doesn't
1: want to sign anyone <laughs> you want to know andrew's right. wish list that he'll never get all right hey, <laughs> Drew, thanks again. and uh until next time see ya